What's going on, everybody? It's episode 16 of the Bucks Leading Radio, and it's a good one. Kane Pittman, your not-so-local Bucks fan, he joins us on the phone all the way down in Australia. Well, we had a great conversation about everything Bucks. Talked about the past week where it was a little unfortunate for the Bucks, three losses. Uh, but we talked about, you know, kind of even going a little back in history, how he became a Bucks fan being all the way in Australia uh, and kind of how he came to love the team that is what you would call a small market team. So it was a great conversation. I really enjoyed talking with him. So without further ado, hit the music. Right on the phone, all the way from down under in Australia. Kane Pittman, Bucks fan, avid on Twitter, writing for two different blogs. He's a busy man, but we got him in the schedule. Kane, how are we doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on the on the podcast. And uh, this is my first first time of doing this type of thing, so. I'm excited. Uh, I know we spoke a little bit in the last um, few days, and you, you made the joke that I was buttering up the host, and you might be right. But uh, I was listening to this uh, podcast the last couple of times, and it's, it's good. I enjoy it, so I'm excited to be on. I appreciate that. I really do. Um, yeah. So I guess let's just jump right into it here. You know how you know the drill. I guess if you listened a few times. Um, so yeah. tough week for us. Three losses. Uh, two against really good teams, and then. You know, a tough one against the Bulls, but let's just start um, from the beginning of the week in the Pelicans game, which, you know, you and I already kind of talked about. We didn't really get to watch too much of it, or, you know, you caught a replay. I was half listening to it on the radio. Um, I mean, we, going into that one, we knew it was going to be a tough one with their two big men and Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, overall, I don't know, give a high-level takeaway from it. Did you like anything about it? I mean, what do you think it showed? Um, anything you want to talk about? Let's see. What do you got? Um, yeah, like I, like I mentioned to you earlier, actually, I watched the whole second half, I watched highlights of the first half, but, I, you know, we've been playing so well for a while there, the record was up to 15 to 10, and then we go on the road and play at Pelican's team, I think they were 500 at the time, um, I thought it was going to be up coming in, and you mentioned Davis and uh, Cousins, and I think from the Bucks' point of view, when you, you know, we know the troubles they've had at the centre position, uh, with uh, John Henson and Thon Maker, and just on paper, it's it's you know it was a nightmare matchup coming in. Um, but having said that, I think in the end we just could not stop them scoring. I, like this is off the top of my head, so I'm not 100 um, percent sure if this is exactly right. But I think they were they were like shooting like over 50 percent from three, nearly 60 percent from the field. Like we just couldn't. Like, we, we scored the ball fine, but we, we just couldn't stop them, and it was frustrating time after time. They would get an open three, which, you know, we've, we've been used to. Same with the Bucks. So it was, it was, I thought it was going to be a tough game coming in, but in the end, it was just, it was a, it was a frustrating loss, I think. It was. I, I you know, listening to it, obviously, uh, I, I, just, I tuned in um, fully, you know, in the last couple stretch there, and there was a couple balls that, you know, a couple three-pointers that maybe we should have had, which could have easily changed the outcome of the game, 
But overall, I agree with you. And I think that even what you touched on with open three-pointers and how high shooting percentage percentages um, opposing teams have had recently, um, we can jump. I want to include the Bulls game into that and even the Rockets because I think that I was at the Bulls game and that was just a heartbreaker because, like, man, Bobby Portis, I really didn't think he even knew how to play basketball. I Like, career high, 27 points against us. Miritich with a couple really big threes down the stretch. I do not understand what is going on. So from your perspective, from you know the point of view of a fan, and I'm not sure where you lean on this, but what do you think we can do as a team with the core that we have to be better on defense? Do you think it's the scheme that we're running? Do you think that maybe we're just not good? Or if you really want to use Jason Kidd's, uh, there wasn't enough effort on it. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, defensively, I think... You know, it's, it's starting to, and it's sort of a good thing to see, but it's starting to get a lot of national exposure. The, the defense that they've been running for, uh, you know, three or four years now, obviously the first year they had some success, and maybe that's why uh, Kid has been so stubborn about um, sticking with it. Uh, yeah, I just can't figure out when I watch the Bucks when they go to this heavy trap-in um, defense. Like, I, like it, it feels to me that they're just doing the opposite of what they should be doing. Like, they've built this long roster. You've got Giannis, uh, Middleton, uh, Tony Snell, even even Henson at centre, and Brogdon's, you know, lengthy at the point guard spot. And yet, so from that point of view, they should be built to switch, you know, almost every position. And Giannis playing at the four can defend all the way down to the one at times. So I, I just, I don't know why they're doing that. It, it creates open looks. Anytime you're coming against a team that's willing to pass the ball, uh, you know, two or three times, and they're going to get an open look. And I think they know that now. And obviously, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen them do more switches, and they've had some success with that. Uh, so, you know, it's frustrating when they sort of slink back to the, that old uh, scheme. I don't think it's an NGN effort thing. I think it's just like a brutal scheme for these players to be trying to trying to uh, to execute. I just, I just think it's too tough for the NBA that the opposition passes the ball. The, pass, the way they pass the ball is, is too good, and I just think it's too easy to break down. Definitely. I agree with that. But not only that, I mean, it's like, I think he acts like, or people act like nobody watches film. Like, going into games, you research the team you're playing, and you're right, we've been running this, Kid's been running this since he was the coach of the Nets. And I think like Utah, the Utah game was the perfect example of like, and even Boston of just, you can tell that they've been outcoached and outplayed in certain aspects of it. So I want to ask you straight up, we're going to dive right into this right off the bat in the podcast. Do you think that currently after three losses in a row, should they fire Jason Kidd? I am, I'm not a Kidd fan and I would, I would really like to see yeah, I wish I could see this team. Like like you said, you, we, when we play against Utah and, and Snyder and then uh, Boston and Stevens, I would love to see this team with a, a really high-level coach because I think the talent is there. Uh, I, I don't know at this point who is out there that they're going to sack kid and bring someone in that will... Uh, provide instant results but I think with Kid now we know 
what he is. He doesn't, to me, seem to be developing or showing an ability to get better on game day. And it seems to be, and it might just be talking to the media and, you know, fluffing the media up, but, you know, we hear the same thing game after game. You mentioned earlier the energy and effort, and it's just, it, it gets frustrating when you, you never hear anything different from him. Nothing really seems to change. Uh, at, at times, he just seems out of his depth, and I would like to see this team with another coach. So I guess, after all that, the answer is probably yes. But uh, you know, it's 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 gaining a bit of momentum. This uh, fire kid movement, for sure. Definitely. Well, I think you kind of brought it up in that it's just building frustration because. Everybody reads social media. Everybody, like, they have to understand public opinion on him and even himself. He has to know how people feel about him. And when people say fire him and, you know, people try and defend him, I've defended not firing him in the middle of the season. I've provided my reasons for that. And, you know, you can disagree or agree with that um, as a listener or even as you, even you, Kane. Um, but I think that what it comes down to is, like, here's the issue. You know, your defense isn't working what can we do to change that? And I think that that's something that people were willing to go with at first, but because he's been stubborn and like, or, or at least we haven't seen the changes really taking place fully um, on the court during a game, that that becomes more frustrating it, it, to just watch that and watch bad teams like the Bulls. Granted, they were red hot coming into the Bradley Center that night, but just tear apart a Bucks team, which I agree has the talent. But let me present this argument to you because I think that this is something that gets overlooked and maybe even is an excuse if you want to call it that but it's very hard for any coach I feel like to really get good solid wins and go all four quarters when you have to play your all-star player and I guess Eric Bledsoe who is an all-star point guard you know 40 minutes a game and when you look at it their bench is freaking horrible like even with injuries um, which we can get to They've been a little bit battered, but do you believe that, like, even if we got in a good coach, that the the talent of a, a team in full, like that, our team is that talented that we can do it? Because I think we are a few pieces away from being like a full. We're gonna make a run to the championship team. So I'm not even sure like a coaching change is really gonna help us right now when you're playing DJ Wilson in the first quarter against the Houston Rockets. What do you think about that? No, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think that's spot on, and. Yeah, especially right now. And uh, I actually, after the, uh, I think it might have been the Utah game last week where we won at home, the second one. Mm -hmm. I tweeted something along the lines of, like, the Bucks are just winning on raw top-end talent right now. And that's not something we've ever seen from the Bucks, but or certainly not in, in recent times. But that, that's how they're winning games because, you, like you said, we are playing... DJ Wilson, perhaps he'll get a few minutes one night. Rashad Vaughn, a guy who's sat on the bench for virtually two seasons after he, he got a few minutes in his rookie year. Uh, it, the talent drops off quickly. And the, the injury excuse, I think, is... It, look, it, it could be an excuse, but you're talking about, certainly right now, uh, Tony Snell, uh, Merza, and, and Daly as well, guys that are going to play 15 to 20 minutes a night. And they're the guys that on your roster are probably, for us, like... Six, seven, and eight, or around that mark. And right now, we are forced into playing ten players, ten to fifteen. And and like the reality is, they're just not up to it. We've started Gary Payton, who now we you know, just in the last day he might be on the way out. But he's uh, 
started six games. And, and I, I think it's questionable whether he's even a, an NBA rotation player at all, let alone a starter. So uh, it's, it's certainly a concern that those guys have to play such heavy minutes. But um, I, I, I don't know. I don't think we, we win many games at all if they don't. So I'm not sure until they get some players back or they make a move, I don't know what they do in this, in this instance. It's, it's, you, you, you're right, the depth drops off quickly. Yeah, I think it's really kind of, I mean, the saying stuck between a rock and a hard place, I think is exactly where the Bucks are. Because I think that, yes, Bucks, you know, Bucks Nation, Bucks fandom is getting very restless because there's been this expectation build in us for the past few years since Giannis and Jabari have been drafted. Now, obviously, Jabari's setbacks have been very unfortunate and very brutal, and he's set to come back soon. But, you know, you look at this team and own the future and the rebranding, the new stadium. So, you get everybody excited, and then you're not performing to what you've kind of sold us all on. It gets very frustrating, and then you see people wanting to fire Jason Kidd. And there's definitely an argument for it. But then you look at this team, and you say, but could we do it anyway? And I don't think that we're there yet, and I think that what it is is I think you're right. I think we need to make some moves, which, as you've alluded to, we have. We did. I think we released Gary Payton the second, and we um, signed. Why well, cannot remember his name right now um, from the Nets? Uh, Kilpatrick. Sean yes, Kilpatrick. Sean Kilpatrick to a two-way deal. Uh, so he'll be bringing on, and I've heard a lot of good praise about him. I haven't really done a whole lot of research since it has been so recent, um, but I think like that's a start because that means that ownership and you know, the coaching staff are watching the games and seeing that Gary Payton hasn't been great. Now, let me ask you this question because it's been a reoccurring topic uh, in our episode, especially with Eric, a lot on how the rotation has worked with some players such as Joel uh, Balomboy and Sterling Brown and even DJ Wilson, if you want to throw him in there. But how do you feel about his use of them and especially the use of the new two-way deal thing where I feel like we've had um, where we had Gary Payton on there a lot and didn't really utilize him. You know, I feel like I never really see Sterling Brown play, but when he does, he shows some good things. So what do you think about that? Do you think they should play them more? Um, I mean, I don't want to say we're in full tank mode, but, like, do you think that Sterling at least should see more minutes or maybe Joel Balone boy since we are so short in the center position? What do you think? Yeah, I do, and, and I, I, I think they should be playing, and this is something that's, uh, I'll apologize, first of all, you're a little fired up here, because the two-way deal thing, for me, has been really frustrating to see how they've used it, because uh, if for those that aren't aware, so the, with the two-way deal, you get 45 days with the NBA roster for the entire season uh, per two-way deal. Now, Gary Payton, who has played some minutes, so... You could say that they've probably used him uh, relatively well, but I and and he probably wouldn't have played if the injuries weren't the way that they were. Mm-hmm. But he still has used up all his forty-five days in the first uh, two months of the season. And Joel Bollenboy, who came, he was only out with the herd for the first couple of games. He he came to I think it was the San Antonio game. He came with the team, and I think he's only played. Like he's probably only seen the court four times, and only probably twice uh, got meaningful minutes against the Suns in overtime. He came on and did a really good job when we didn't have Giannis and we had, we had a few players there. And then the other night, he played a couple of minutes towards the end of the first half against the Pelicans and again, played pretty well, mm-hmm. didn't get back on the floor. So I, I really like Bolton Boy as well. And you, you touched on it with the, the center issues. Uh, I mean, we've been dead last in rebounding 
since day one of the season and pretty comfortably in last and night in, night out. Uh, Henson and Maker, and look, Henson's had an okay season, um, but he, he's not a rebounder. Like, he might accumulate, you know, seven to eight rebounds a game, but he's not getting any of the tough rebounds. He's not able to battle on the glass, and, and, and any time there's any sort of physicality, he's, he's not going to win, even against guys smaller than him. So, Bond Boy, for me, should have played a lot more than he has. And if that's at the expense of Thon Maker, then so be it. But he's a young guy, you know, his rookie season last year in Utah. He's played a lot of uh, D-League last year, junior league this year. He averages, like, something like 12 rebounds per game. He's known as a rebounder. Uh, I'm pretty frustrated that he hasn't seen any time because he's, his 45 days are about to come up as well. So I'm not sure what they're going to do there. Um, Sterling Brown is interesting because last night he came in and I, I think he only played sort of 12 to 13 minutes, but he was he was excellent against the Rockets. Um, yeah, he was hustling. He, he, had, he had a huge save there at one point, which resulted in a three. Uh, he had three or four rebounds. He had an offensive rebound where he, he got his own miss and then put it back in. But I think he can play. Um, so I think he, he's definitely left the last night. That should be enough to see him get some minutes. Um, so I think, you know, with, with getting back to your point where you said uh, about being in tank mode, I don't necessarily think playing Sterling Brown is going to, I mean, that, that to me cannot have a more negative impact than, uh, you know, playing a Peyton or even, even a DeAndre Liggins. Like, I don't think that playing Sterling Brown is going to, you know, spiral the team into a, you know, a losing streak and, and, and neither with Bolton Boys. So I, I think those guys... Should be getting more minutes. DJ Wilson, I'd like to see him. Him at the herd. Um, I, yep. I don't think. I don't think that he's quite ready yet. He doesn't seem to be strong enough. I'd like to see him get some minutes down at the herd. I okay. I completely agree with it. I like that. You just preached to a choir. Essentially, is what you just did there, and that was awesome because yeah. <clears throat> DJ Wilson. I am. I'm kind. I'm not fully out on. Like I'm not. I don't know. I don't like him very much. I would be love to be proven wrong, but I do agree that I think he does need to go down. He needs to build muscle. He needs to gain some sort of... I think he needs to find an identity because he came out of Michigan. Um, not really like... He, you know, he's long, right, which is helpful, but he's really skinny. I mean, it's essentially another... A, a sh- I think he's shorter than John Henson and obviously Thumbmaker. So, I mean, I think you just like... You just got kind of like a mini John Henson or mini Thumbmaker to play at the four. And it... I don't know. I just don't get it. And then I agree with you. I don't understand. I guess I just don't get it. I don't understand why he hasn't played Joel Ballenboy when you're right. His days are numbered. And if you're going to keep him on, if you're going to bring him on a roster and bring him to a game, why aren't you playing him? It's literally like, hey, you're just going to sit on that bench. And if somebody gets hurt, yeah. then you'll come in. And that's it. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy, isn't it? And, and, and sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. The, uh, the, the thing about that is, is once his 45 days are up, he's gone. Now, I'm not, I just, I was, I was looking up some Kilpatrick stuff uh, this morning um, when I woke up at Australia time and seeing that that, that, that was going to be happening. But um, I think, unless I'm wrong, and, and I don't know, but I thought that the 45-day contracts, uh, you can't just like play someone for 45 days and he's done and sign another one 
and he, he gets to play. I, I didn't think that was the rule, and I'm, I might be wrong. I, I could find any info on that, but I'm not sure whether Kilpatrick now will come in and have another 45 days. I, I don't know. I, I, was, I was under the understanding that if they used up the 45 days, then Kilpatrick would have to uh, you know, replace a, a, a Liggins or, or someone on the main roster. I'm, I'm not sure, but it's to me, like, you're right. You're exactly right. If, if Bonfire isn't going to play, you know he's not going to play. But get him some minutes of the herd and save those days in case, you know, if, if Boy's 45 days run out next week, which I think is pretty close, mm-hmm. and then Henson goes down on the injury or maker, I mean, that's the whole idea of the two ways. It's not to sit on your bench and right. not play for 45 days straight and then you're done. It's to, it's for situations like that. So I just think it's been, it's been terrible management of that and I'm not really sure why that's happened. Yeah, I don't get it either. And I'm confused on the two-way deals as as much as anybody out there listening probably is i don't i think it's hard to find a lot of information about them or like about what you know kind of restrictions there are as you've like just kind of said like trying to understand how this works uh eric and i think talked about a little bit last week but uh so let's touch on the biggest thing is the possible moves that anytime anybody is ever possibly thought about being traded somehow the bucks end up in the conversation or some guy on twitter says hey we should trade him for him but if you with the moves that have kind of been talked about you know deandre jordan um tyson chandler what do you like about do you think we should make a move for a guy like that and if we if you do think that then who would you go for and who would you trade well, I, th- I think, like, I mean, very obviously the, the, the position we need to improve in is the center position. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, look, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of the DJ, uh, of the DJ deal because I, um, I, I just don't think, like, for the price tag, I, I, I'm not willing to bring in Jordan, who's you know, on a $22 million deal, he's going to have a player option, which you would think he's going to opt out of at the end of this year. I just think that, um, you know, we, we, we should be looking for someone else, uh, potentially, and we played against him the other night, Robin Lopez. Boom. And I, you know, I haven't been a big fan. Like, like you know, and, and, and I, I don't know why. Like, he, he just sort of seems like an annoying player when you're playing against him. But he is effective. Uh, he rebounds. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty. And we seen the other night, he had eight rebounds. Henson had seven. And yet Lopez felt like he dominated the game. And Henson was just Henson. He was floating around. You know, he, he, he didn't have any impact. I think Lopez had six offensive boards. And that just proved to me the difference there. And you can't just you can't just look at the numbers and say, well, the rebounding levels are pretty similar. Because it's a completely different level of impact there. So... Look, Lopez interests me. Um, I think he's on about $12 million deal. If you could do something around Henson there, um, I'm not sure. But that's the type of guy I'll be looking at, looking a little bit lower than your top end, uh, DeAndre Jordan, who's going to cost you some more offensive depth, which we already spoke about we, we don't have at all. Yep. Uh, no, I'm really glad that you brought up uh, Robin Lopez because that's who I agree. I completely agree. And when I was watching him play uh, against us the other night, and I, I agree with you, but it just felt like he just took up so much more space than John Henson. He was so much more effective um, in his role. And you're right. Stats don't tell the whole story. So I think at a certain point, like, 
people have to realize, our ownership has to realize that. And I think that the best part about the whole Robin Lopez idea is that the Bulls are in a tank mode. So they're not looking to acquire like people to win now. They could take a second round pick, you know, or, you know, like a deli, if you will, or anybody really just to kind of like fill a roster. They're going to get, you know, they want to acquire younger assets maybe even. So you could even think about trading DJ Wilson or Sterling Brown, who, I would be willing to part with to fill that center position because I feel like at guard we are pretty set uh, once Deli comes back. So I I don't know. I'm very interested to see. I don't understand how we haven't made a move yet. So I really hope that the deals that like are being offered aren't great. So they're making smart decisions and holding out like that. But I just don't get it because that has been such a big hole almost this entire season, as you've already kind of said. When John Henson is your starting center, and while he does a lot of things really well, he's not a great rebounder. He's not. He's just not great at anything except for the J hook, which isn't like you know. What I mean, he's, he's a good yeah. player, but he's a good player coming off the bench, and I, I, that's my position on that. But yeah, you, go ahead. You're spot on with Henson. I mean, he he just like I mean, this guy is like in, in his fifth year now, and and what has he actually improved that year to year like? You know, I think it says a lot when you played a few decent games at the start of the season and all of a sudden people are, you know, getting really, like Bucks fans were getting really excited saying this Henson turned it around. And then you're like, well, he, not really. He's actually, <laughs> he's, he's, he's still the same guy. And, and I, But the, the trouble with that is that we, we pay him to be more than that. So it's like when you talk about offloading Henson, it's like people know who he is. It's like you can be hopeful as a Bucks fan that some team will, will, will take him. But... Uh, I mean, realistically, you know, they've seen enough. They know who John Henson is. He's had opportunity year after year, and he's still that guy. Right. Well, I will say this, though. If Michael Carter-Williams is still on an NBA team, I think John Henson deserves to be on an NBA team. So, <laughs> well, no, you, you, you got me there. No, like every day, just to, just, yeah, I'm still thankful every day for Tony Snell. So, yeah, but you're exactly right. Um, well, I, and I, one thing I do want to just say about John Henson, and this is my little disclaimer, I, I, he, on the floor, on the court, he's, uh, you know, he's a good player, he's good, but I really just appreciate his attitude being on the Bucks team, because he went through some really shitty years, and he is the most tenured Buck on the team, and he's never really had a bad attitude, he's never had a bad issue with the city of Milwaukee when he does receive, you know, a lot of hate, sometimes rightfully, sometimes a little too much, um, but I just want you know he has been a very good team player. I will say that. But uh, he, 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 like I, you're, you're, I just want to say you are exactly right. Like I, I get really annoyed watching him play on the court. But you know, he, he does. You know, it seems like everyone loves him. Uh, he seems like a great teammate and a great guy in general. So that's that's I agree with that 100 percent for sure. So one thing I've started to notice throughout this season is this interesting thing that. Thon Maker hasn't really seemed to make the jump that I think we all expected. So I want to hear your take on him. If you like, if you still like are in on him, do you like what he's doing? What do you think about it? I just feel like he hasn't really progressed like we would hoped, and he's not playing very well. I don't know. What do you think? No, no, he's not, and, and you're right. And the, uh, you know, he he, ha- he hasn't been able to like physically make any real improvements he still is that guy that um is you know will struggle for rebounds i mean he's, he's you know he has to be the worst rebounding center in the league like he just routinely will play 20 minutes a night and then he pick up two rebounds um 
offensively is still, you know, largely ignored. Um, he can knock down an outside shot, but he, he he's often hesitant to do so, and he, he hasn't really developed any type of game down low where you're confident that he can finish because he's not strong enough. Um, often you see him in point-blank range, and you're like, well, this is an easy dunk or an easy layup, which it should be for any you know seven-footer, and he either... Yeah, he, he might get the foul, but a lot of times he misses those bunnies. But he rarely, if ever, can finish that 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 and one opportunity that you expect because he's just not strong enough. So I'm, you know, I I'm hesitant to move on from him because I think he still flashes enough, and he's the type of center that you would love if he could get it together next to Giannis at stretch five that can block shots and move his feet pretty well defensively is the type of guy that we need. So while he's on his rookie contract, I'm hesitant to, to give up on him. But at the same time, you know, if this keeps going on you know, further into next season, then you wonder where, whether his value could potentially be at its highest right now, which probably isn't that high still, but while he's still got that intrigue. Yeah, I think... So, oh, sorry, I, sorry, go ahead. Um, so what I was going, what I want to say is that, and then you can go ahead and finish your thought. I apologize for interrupting. Um, I don't understand how Kevin Garnett thinks he's going to be an MVP. I don't know what he sees in him that, that was ever even uttered. Maybe he meant to say Giannis. I don't know. What do you think about that? I, I just like, that is one of the funniest, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's not, it's funny, but it's like. It's actually insane. Like I, I don't know like whether Thought Maker is the absolute best practice player in the history of basketball or I, I don't know what uh, he's seen at practice that we're not. Um, I love the vision you see when he's practicing with Garnett. He, he's working on that post game and the post moves back to the basket, that sort of stuff. Um, we haven't seen any of that live, so I don't know. Maybe he's got these, you know, hidden talents that that are going to going to start to show themselves over time. But uh, like the Kevin Garnett thing is just it's like I, I just, I, I, you know, it's not like he said he could be a potential All Star. He said MVP. Like I just, it is it is hilarious to me that 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 comment. But I will still hope that he's right. I mean, right? I mean, I think we all do. And I'm not saying like, oh, get rid of him. Like, or just give up on him. I just think, and I also think part of it could be that he has to fill this, you know, hole that our team has, and he's probably not prepared or equipped to do it. You're right. He's not a great rebounding center, and he does have a, he spreads the floor, which is nice, but he is still very young and still learning. So I think that when we ask him to play really meaningful minutes and he screws up, it's like, well, the kid's like 19 or 20. It's like, what do you expect? Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like giving up on Rashad Vaughn when he's 19. But, like, I understand yeah. why we're doing that, but Thoughtmaker's only been with us for a year, so I'm just, you know, using that as an example. No, you're right, and, and you, you hit the nail exactly on the head for mine because Thoughtmaker is suffering from, to me, what feels like the, you know, the desp- and I'm included, everyone, the desperation of, like, wanting him to be good because understanding that if he becomes what, you know, some people potentially say it could be, and that is the difference maker in the yeah you know, in the roster. Like that's the missing piece. So it's like you want him to be good, and then like you said, you forget that like, he was starting games last season. He wasn't ready for that, and then he actually had some impressive performances in the playoffs, and the expectations went right up. And he's still he's still learning, he's still developing, and um, you know 
starting to wonder like when whether he gets there. But uh, you know, you're right. It's his second year. He's got plenty of time. Yep. Well, okay. So now we've talked a lot about what's going on with the Bucks. We've talked a lot about this past week. So what I want to do is I want to dive in to the Australian man himself. Uh, tell me how. All the way on a different continent, you became a Milwaukee Bucks fan. Well, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was way back in, and I jumped on the bandwagon of the Bucks during the playoffs in that 2001 run, and at the time, I'm like, geez, this team's good, they're in the playoffs, they're making a run, they're fun to watch. Uh, Ray Allen actually was, you know, he sucked me in, that was the first game I watched, Fire, he's just hitting threes left, right, and center. Um, you know, with that jump, like that, the perfect jump shot. Um, I, you know, after that, I was like, I'm going to follow this team. They're cool. Um, obviously, Glenn Robinson as well, Cassell. Uh, but the coverage back in Australia back then was not great. So it was often just like reading online or, or box scores or, you know, like that. It probably wasn't until. Um, the Bogut years, Bogut got drafted where I, I was, I was probably, uh, it's like 15 at the time when Bogut got drafted and I, and I actually, I'd started to purchase a, an audio pass so I could listen to the radio. So back then it was still, you know, Ted Davis, I listened to Ted Davis on the games on weekends when I wasn't at school. And, um, from there it's just like, it's just good. It's just great. Like, you know, into a couple of years after that, I was buying league pass and probably now, like I haven't missed, you know, like Occasionally, I'll watch the games on replay of them at work, but I've probably watched every game for, you know, six seasons now, seven seasons. The games are on mid-morning in Australia, so it's um, if you get a day off, it's perfect timing. And, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, every year it's, it's grown That's stronger. Awesome. My, love, my love for the Bucks and probably my frustration has grown every year as well. Oh, you and everybody else, I believe. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's a very interesting topic is the globalization that is the NBA. And I think that, you know, if you look at stats on where people watch it, it's weird. Like, there's a lot of, like, Asia. It's very, like, the NBA overall is very big. Um, but, so, tell me, like, I guess, you know, in your, in Australia, is there a lot of NBA fandom? Like, do people have, like, their team, like, like huge Lakers fans, I imagine, or huge, you know, Heat fans? Or what is it like um, out down there, I guess? It's it's um it's real big now and and it wasn't and this has probably been a thing over the last six years where it's come come in uh, in such a big way um, you know we get we get you know probably triple the the, the, the games that we used to get um, certainly like my my friend group are like um, big basketball fans um, not so I came I came across a couple of years ago with a couple of guys that have jumped on the bucks uh, um, but uh, certainly no. Long-term Bucks fans, excuse me, but uh, um, but yeah, like a, a lot of like like Lakers, Knicks, um, you know the big teams. But basketball's big, and I think Australia um, in general now, like you know, obviously we had Boga, but then yeah, right now we would obviously Dali and Son with the Bucks, and Ben Simmons tearing it up in Philly, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Ingles from the Jazz. Like I mean, there's a lot of Australians in the league, and I, you know, I think Australian basketball in general is um, is, is on the rise. So what is so um, I don't and please I haven't done any research so this just shows how bad of a host I am. But so what is the Australian league like? And is there is is that like a lot of good basketball? Like do you go to any Australian basketball games? Or are you just like strictly NBA, like strictly Bucks? Yeah, I'm mostly um, NBA, but the Australian basketball league, national basketball league, is um, 
is 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 on the rise as well. Like they they play in front of you know full 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 crowds every night. The games are on um, cable TV in Australia. The coverage is is right up there. I probably just haven't like a, you know I, I feel like I just I spend so much time reading and, and, and watching and working on the NBA. I'm just like I don't have, I don't really have time to watch that. But I've seen a couple of games here or there this season, and it's pretty good quality. And um, you know they're, they're starting to get some some players back there and play. I know uh, just uh, this year. Uh, the Thunder drafted uh, Terence Ferguson, I think, like 17th, and he was um, he chose to play in Australian uh, basketball instead of go to college. So you know they're starting to get some players that are, uh, certainly um, uh, the, the quality's on the rise and the quality of players they're getting is, is getting better as well. That's awesome. I mean, like just go the basketball everywhere is I'm just it's getting better and it's and it's because of the ability to now watch it just like you've talked about how like coverage has grown more in your country um to watch honestly the best players in their craft you know lebron james you know kobe michael jordan and that stuff like that to watch to watch players in like those eras and like now especially the talent pool has grown so much bigger especially with people like playing in countries or who start playing in different countries who might be great at basketball, such as Ben Simmons, who, you know, if maybe they don't get as much coverage, he never thinks about coming over here to play for the NBA, maybe not as much anyway, or does something else. And I think that's what's awesome about it. Uh, so yep. let me hear your favorite player on the Bucks, And I, I, I hope it's not Della Vadova, even though he is a country <laughs> native. <laughs> it's, it's you know it's not valiant it's funny like i only just sort of jumped on uh, twitter in the last probably uh six weeks i think i joined twitter just when i started doing um a couple of blogs um uh for for, for com and nbaelite.com and then also i've just been doing my own uh game previews and i started my site it's just milwaukeebucksaustralia.com but in this it's funny in this when you mentioned about that in the in the six weeks since like every now and then I'll, I'll tweet something you know, about the Bucks, and someone will randomly like uh, post a comment about Dali, like, oh, you know, Dali sucks, or you know, the Bucks are better. And I'm like, it doesn't, I don't, that's not a personal attack. Like, I don't, it doesn't bother me. Like, uh, well, you know, did say you started watching the Bucks when Bogut got drafted, so maybe it is. You never know. It's like you only yes. follow Australian that's players. <laughs> that's, uh, no, you're, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a fair call. And, but no, uh, look. Um, my favorite player is um, well. I mean, it has to be honest. I mean, he, you know, he, he is uh, certainly nothing Bucks has seen, but almost nothing the league has seen. Like the way he moves, like it's almost nightly now that um, you know he just does something insane. And I uh, I I posted about it earlier in the season, but you know when he scored thirty points, and I remember last season being at a couple of games actually where he scored thirty points, and it was just like this amazing achievement you're just like Giannis is just like it's incredible he's got 30 points he was so great and then like now it's just like it's a nightly yeah he's got 30 points a night it's just like you watch the game and you're going to get his 30 and he's probably going to do some ridiculous dunks and just like the the best yeah Giannis is just it's just been incredible and he like single-handedly makes the bucks um yeah, not not watch TV. It's, uh, and there's only a couple of guys in the league that are like that. So he's, um, I and mean, I think he has to be everyone's uh, favorite. Uh, yours? Definitely. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I agree with you, and I think that you just laid out a perfect argument. I think that it's it's amazing. Like I was watching when I was at the Bucks game, um, Giannis just made a great post move, got an easy dunk, 
And a guy I was with who's not like a huge Bucks fan or like even a huge NBA fan, he turned to me and he's like, God, it's just like having a cheat code on your team. And it's it's yeah. crazy. That's just how it is night in and night out. Yeah. Um, and way to shamelessly plug every blog you write for, by the way, just in the middle of your comment. I, I loved that. That was uh, awesome. <laughs> Do you have anything else you yeah, write no, for? No, or I, 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 <laughs> no. Like before I came on, I'm like, yeah, that, that's a that's uh yeah you, you can you can worry be embarrassed about that type of thing i'm like that's not bad i'm doing it <laughs> no i'm just messing with you but hey i want to say thank you yeah. before we wrap this up i want to say thank you for getting on the line with me um it's been great talking bucks with you and you know i hope we can do this again uh in the near future here um so any last closing comments that you oh wait hang on i forgot we get to so every week we pick our buck of the week so you pick the player that you feel deserves to be given this award that means nothing and only 10 people that listen to this podcast actually know about. So I will give my buck of the week because I didn't actually preface you with this one, so I'm going to let you think about this one. Yeah. Um, so my buck of the week, wow, I actually haven't thought about it either, but looking back, and I haven't picked him yet, so I'm going to pick him this week, and it's going to be Giannis, and it's because night in and night out, 41 minutes a game, 40 minutes a game, 42 minutes a game. No matter what you need him to do, he will do it. And he comes out with fire, passion, and 110% every single time on both sides of the floor. And I think that, as you've already said, as we all know, it hasn't been seen in a long time. The Bucks have never really had that. They've had Close and Ray Allen and a few others. But this is a great time to be a Bucks fan. He's the reason why. And while there are other reasons why we're not performing, I really hope that we do not waste this opportunity and lose him. So that's my buck of the week. So I'm going to let you go ahead and pick yours. Let's see who you... And if you want to just... You can't really say ditto, but I might let you because I didn't give you any preface. But who, what do you got? No, I, I am going to go with Giannis because... And I really would like to... I was close to going Chris Middleton. Uh, he's had a couple of nice games these last two. But he hasn't made his three-point shots. And at the end of the day, that's what he needs to do. Uh, you know, in these games where, where we have lost and we lost all three, he, he's, he's been missing a lot of threes, a lot of open threes. So that uh, takes some uh, credit away from him. But I'm going to go with Giannis. He, he, he you know, last night I was watching the game and you know, against the Rockets and we were sort of just hanging in there. And I made the comment to my partner I was watching with her and uh, I, I said, um, you know, we are the only way we're going to win this game is if Giannis takes this thing over and decides that on his own that we're going to win. And it's hard, you know, it, it's it's hard for me to really pick anyone else when you, you know he's Giannis has had the best numbers across the board, the most rebounds, the most points, and yeah, and and if anyone was going to get us the win, it was going to be him. And and you're right, he played 40 minutes. There's not much else he could have done. He needed more help, uh, but Giannis was the player of the week for mine. Awesome. I really appreciate your time, and I'm glad that we were able to do the schedule. For um, everybody else that doesn't know this, I made an idiot out of myself not really looking up the time difference before I even asked him what time to do this. So uh, now that I know what time it is at all times in Australia because I have it on my phone, um, going forward, what's your Twitter handle? Where can people find you on social media? Um, repeat the blogs you write for. What do you got? Now it's your time to plug. <laughs> Well, that's that's it. You didn't tell me there was a time to plug, so I went off, I went off a little early with that one. But but you can uh, uh, Twitter. You can follow me just at mke bucks oz. Uh, that's mke 
uh, B-U-C-K-S-A-U-S. Uh, and then the blogs are creamcitycentral.com, uh, nbalead.com, and, and then uh, milwaukeebucksaustralia.com. So just doing some work there when I get the time outside of work. Um, I'm really enjoying that. It's just been a new thing. I was convinced after quite a while to start that, but it's um, it's it's going well, and I'm enjoying it. No, it's awesome. Yeah, I've just started. I blogged a little bit too for a while this summer, and I've just started this up. It's it's really fun, and you know, it's nice to do it because you, you we're not doing it to make money. We're doing it just because we're passionate about this team, and hopefully, hopefully, seeing an NBA championship come back to the city of Milwaukee soon enough. Um, so. That's it. Me, I'm at Jakubitz on Twitter. That is J-A-K-U-B-I-C-Z. Um, follow uh, the podcast at Bucks underscore radio. Uh, I also write for NBA Lead, so if you ever want to check out some of my old blogs, check it out. Um, otherwise, we really appreciate listening. Have a great week. Cheers. Thank you again for joining us for another great episode of the Bucks Leading Radio. Uh, so I wanted to take this little outro here just to uh, put any feelers out there. If there was anybody with a startup business in Milwaukee that would be looking to uh, make a deal or uh, maybe want some ad space, um, if you have any business inquiries, please email uh, us here at Bucks Leading Radio at thebucksleadingradio at gmail.com. Uh, and I'd love to start up a conversation. Um, I'd love to keep anybody who is going to sponsor this podcast local. Um, um, and if it's a startup, that's even better because I would love to uh, shine the light on people grinding out in Milwaukee. So again, thank you very much for listening. Please tell your friends. Please share our posts when you can. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers.